0: instead of the other way around approval isn't guaranteed and some restrictions apply see your local store for details
1: bring spring color inside this season with bear premium plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the home depot add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the bear exclusive color arrowhead lake or a splash of amazon jungle to your living room bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like Coral Cloud and Dark Crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's Pee Wee Championship game. A trophy bigger than your 5-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. The Volume.
0: welcome to hoops tonight here at the volume happy thursday everybody round two coverage of the nba playoffs here at hoops tonight is brought to you by chase freedom unlimited how do you cash back well in our latest case of deja vu the nuggets beat the shit out of the phoenix suns in phoenix and to be honest if campaign doesn't hit five threes in the first half it might have been even worse than that and the suns are going home devin booker And uh, Kevin Durant both started the game ice cold and that game was over at halftime. Uh, What I'd like to do today is talk a little bit about the Nuggets looking forward and their chances to win the NBA championship and then do a little bit of an obituary on the Phoenix Suns. And I'm going to defend Kevin Durant because I know that dude is just going to go through the ringer in the media tomorrow. And I don't think that's necessarily fair. Um, You guys know the drill before we get started. Subscribe to the Volumes YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our videos. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT so you guys don't miss any show announcements. And if for whatever reason you guys miss one of these shows and you can't get back over to YouTube to finish, don't forget you can find them wherever you get your podcasts under hoops tonight. All right, let's talk some basketball. So the Nuggets, and I've been talking about this for a while, but after two rounds of the NBA playoffs, I think they've legitimized some things. They check a lot of boxes that I look for in a championship contender. So first of all, a bonafide superstar that can consistently and effectively and efficiently generate shots for himself and his teammates in a physical playoff environment. That's Nikola Jokic, and he's in the top tier of those guys. What specifically makes Jokic such an effective player at this level is as the games get more and more physical, he actually rises to the top of the pile in those environments, and he can efficiently score close to the basket in a way that's replicable from game to game. Why does that matter? As we go back through NBA history, we look at last year with Steph Curry. It's kind of the outlier. He's the best perimeter player of all time, the best shooter of all time. He's kind of the exception that proves the rule. But he can thrive by scoring from the perimeter in late playoff rounds. But most players like that tend to fade as they get deeper into the postseason. But we go back the year before that, and it's Giannis Antetokounmpo, just a paint monster. Go before that, it's LeBron James Finals MVP, a paint monster. It. Just a ridiculous efficiency in the paint in that postseason run. The year before that, Kawhi Leonard, the biggest and strongest pull-up shooting forward that we have in the league. So he just gets to pull up jump shots that are easier and closer to the rim and he plays with strength, right? And then if we go the two years before that, it's Kevin Durant, who's seven feet tall and you get to great looks inside the paint. And then we go back and it's LeBron. And then we go back and it's Steph again. And then we go back and it's Kawhi Leonard. You guys get the point. There's a specific type of player that thrives at this level. And the only perimeter oriented guys that thrive are the all-time greats, right? Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, two guys that I think are top 10 perimeter players of all time. So They checked that bona fide superstar box resoundingly well with Nikola Jokic. Then you need a secondary star that complements your main star well. Jamal Murray, we had some question marks surrounding him towards the end of the year. He was dealing with some knee discomfort. was kind of inconsistent. Well, 26-5-7, obviously not counting tonight's game, on 57% true shooting in the postseason so far. That's excellent. That's all-star level production. And he complements Nikola Jokic perfectly. Now, what does that mean? So, for instance... You put Russell Westbrook with LeBron James, he can't do anything without the ball, so you need to put him on the ball, but he's not very efficient on the ball, so there's like all these clunky basketball fits, right? LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, some similar type of issues there. You need to be an off-ball player to succeed next to LeBron James. That's why Anthony Davis has worked so well, because he can run screen and roll with LeBron, right? That's why Kyrie Irving worked so well, because he could just come into your possessions by himself. What makes the Murray-Jokic partnership work so well is all their actions they run are symbiotic. Nikola Jokic is an amazing role man and a great, a great dribble handoff guy. And Jamal Murray is your textbook movement pull-up shooter guard that can also attack the rim. And so he's the perfect complementary basketball fit alongside Nikola Jokic. And most importantly, you know I, I love it when I see superstars that are great at the thing the other is bad at. So, for instance, LeBron James with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is the defensive monster to cover for the older LeBron that tends to float in and out of games defensively, right? We look at Steph Curry and Draymond Green. It's the defensive monster that's a great you know, facilitator on offense next to this offensive-minded superstar that can be an average to a a slightly above average defensive player, right? So it complements perfect. LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, LeBron at that phase in his career would get fatigued over the course of games, and so he needed someone to help him with shot making at the end. And Kyrie Irving was able to be that guy. Well, the one thing that Nikola Jokic can struggle with sometimes is longer distance shot making, right? When the paint is really packed and he needs to go to an 18-foot you know, type of move, he can make those shots, but it's not his specialty, right? And that's where... Uh, Jamal Murray can kind of bring something that he doesn't have. So they have the fide superstar and the complimentary second star. Perfect. From there, you need to have off-ball threats. Michael Porter Jr. was one of the very best spot-up players in the league this year. I've said this on the show several times, but KCP is one of my favorite two guards. I covered him with the Lakers for a long time. Great defensive player. A guy that thrives in the playoffs and just knows how to run the floor in transition. Hit movement threes. It can do that dribble handoff stuff. He's a great spot-up player competes on the defensive end, and he's a great crackdown rebounder, just an excellent two-guard in the league that's a good off-ball threat. Aaron Gordon is the worst shooter in their starting lineup, and he's shooting 39% from three in this postseason run, obviously not counting tonight's game. And he's an excellent cutter alongside Nikola Jokic. So they've got all of the off-ball threats that you need to allow Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic to operate in space. Then you need a versatile defensive forward that you can throw at star wings. Aaron Gordon just did as good of a job as you can possibly do against Kevin Durant. And here's the best thing. Kevin Durant could not be more different than LeBron James, but if LeBron James and the Lakers win tomorrow night and you have to have somebody to guard LeBron for seven games, Aaron Gordon is an excellent option to throw at LeBron, specifically at this phase in LeBron's career where he relies so much on bully ball. That's a matchup that favors Denver pretty well, right? You need an elite defensive guard that you can throw at tough guard assignments like Devin Booker, right? The Nuggets have two of those guys. Contavius Caldwell-Pope, we talked about him. He's a little better in lock and trail situations than ISO, but he can thrive in isolation situations as well. And then Bruce Brown is an excellent point of attack defender that applies a ton of ball pressure, navigates screens well. They check all those boxes extremely well. Really, the only weakness on this roster is that they don't have real rim protection. Um, Nikola Jokic has had the worst defensive rating on the team in this postseason run. He, They've been bringing him out of his drop, obviously, to deal with KD and Devin Booker. Phoenix is a bad example of a team that can challenge him because they don't attack the paint very well. Um, but you saw Anthony Edwards have some success getting downhill on him. And in the next round, they're definitely going to have some challenges, especially if the Lakers advance, because most teams like to switch the LeBron James, Anthony Davis pick and roll. And the Grizzlies were able to, because of Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson, they were comfortable having either of those guys on LeBron or AD. You know, Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins, you're comfortable having either of those guys on LeBron and AD so they could switch the LeBron James, Anthony Davis pick and roll. You don't want to switch Nikola Jokic onto LeBron. So there's going to be... Uh, a drop coverage there that will allow the Lakers to run LeBron James, Anthony Davis pick and roll. So they will be challenged as they go further along. And that is their one big weakness, but no team in this field is perfect. And so in my opinion, they check, because they check every single other box, they have as good a chance to win as anybody else does. So shout out to the Denver Nuggets. Um, I'm going to wait until after the second round series are all over before I rank my contenders again, but they have as good a chance as anybody right now. All right, moving on to the Suns. There is going to be a lot of talk tomorrow that's negative towards Kevin Durant. Um, This is now the second consecutive postseason run that he's leaving early. Uh, He's won six combined postseason games in the last two years. So on the surface, it has a bad look, right? Uh, But the reality is, is, as you look at last year, they ran into the best team in the Eastern Conference in the Boston Celtics, and every one of those games was close. They just won all four of them. And then in this particular series again as like even with Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton they were at a talent disadvantage but especially in this particular game like look down the roster you've got Jacques Landale, campaign Landry Shamet, Tory Craig, TJ Warren, Bismack Biyombo, Terrence Ross none of those guys are starter level NBA players. Like Denver has 5 legit starters. Golden State has 6 legit starters, you know, you've got Steph Clay, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Looney. Jordan Poole's a legit starting level guard in this league. He's struggling in this series, but the Lakers are an incredible defensive team. Uh, the Lakers have seven legit starters. Like, you've got D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves. You've got Jared Vanderbilt, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. But then you've got Rui Hachimura and Dennis Schroeder, guys who both would, would start for a lot of the teams around the league, certainly better than any of those Suns players I just mentioned. And both, like, it's just. Again, basketball's a team sport. I know that's the boring answer. I know it's easy to bill a series as, oh, it's LeBron James versus Steph Curry, or, oh, it's Kevin Durant versus Nikola Jokic, but it's never actually like that. And way too many times in NBA history, we've seen teams struggle because of poor role players or lack of complementary role players. The Golden State Warriors, obviously without Clay, but with Steph Curry and Draymond Green, really struggled in that uh, 2021 season throughout the entire season and lost in the play-in round in large part because their role players just weren't even complementary, right? Then they swap out all those role players for like more savvy vets that thrive in their system, get rid of guys like Kelly Oubre and Kent Baysmore bring in guys like Otto Porter Jr., right? And Gary Payton II, Nemanja Bielica. Suddenly the whole thing works, right? Like basketball, I always talk about this. It's not just five on five. It's like a living organism. Every single team has a a bunch of different elements that have to fit together perfectly for it all to work. And and, and like, we've just seen too many examples of this in NBA history. LeBron James and Anthony Davis are nine wins away from an NBA championship. They will be favored at home tomorrow to beat the Warriors. Um, They're in great shape to potentially win the title. They were dog shit for a year and a half because of a lack of complimentary role players. You flip Russell Westbrook for... Another skill guard that can thrive off ball and run some pick and roll with Anthony Davis. A forward that you can deploy on other teams' perimeter players. Get Russell Westbrook out, who's a a poor fit, right? Rui Hachimura, a different type of skill forward that they can use that helps them on the glass. Suddenly they go from being dog shit to being one of the best teams in the NBA with a legitimate chance to win a title. Did LeBron James and Anthony Davis get better? Or did the team around them get better? Like, again, there's going to be a lot of people throwing dirt on Kevin Durant's grave tomorrow. But, like, Kevin Durant is playing basketball at as high a level as he ever has. Yeah, his pull-up jump shooting has failed him in back-to-back postseasons, but a big part of that is the amount of defensive attention he's facing because he's playing alongside below-average NBA bench players. And so what I said before the playoff run, and I'm going to stand by it, is we can... Evaluate this whole thing going on here with the Phoenix Suns after they have another summer to appropriately surround Kevin Durant and Devin Booker with complimentary pieces. And again, like they're going to be able to, because of the attention that Booker and KD garner, because Phoenix is a city that's desirable to a lot of people, warm weather city, right? There are a lot of reasons why teams. Our players are going to want to consider the Phoenix Suns. And there are going to be a lot of guys that could make 10, 15 million elsewhere who will take a mid-level exception to play for the Suns. And there are a lot of guys who could take a mid-level exception elsewhere to that will take a veteran minimum contract to play for the Suns. They are going to be able to be um, big-time competitors in the free agent market. I think they need to find athletes that like to play hard on every single possession. I mean – To complement what you have, which is two incredibly skilled offensive players. I think that this Suns team needs to become an elite defensive team. And the main reason why I say that is because their offense will come and go. Uh, When when you rely on pull-up jump shooting the way that Devin Booker and Kevin Durant do, there's a lot more variance in their game. And when you have variance, you need to be a great defensive team. It's kind of the same way I feel about the Lakers. The Lakers can go ice cold offensively for long stretches, but their defense keeps them in the game long enough. You have to be an outstanding defensive team if you do not have reliable at-the-rim scoring the way teams like the the Nuggets and Nikola Jokic do, right? And so that's where it brings me to Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. So Chris Paul, and I'm not 100% uh, familiar with all of their uh, cap dynamics, but I'm pretty sure Chris Paul's contract next year is non-guaranteed so they can either get rid of him uh, through some sort of wave, uh, waiver mechanism, or they can guarantee his contract and include him in trade as a filler. We'll see what they end up deciding to do there. But here's the thing with DeAndre Ayton. like, And I mean, DeAndre Ayton told us, he told us in 2018, they were like, hey, what's your what would you consider to be success in the NBA? And he said, making it to my second contract. As talented as he is, that dude just doesn't have fire inside and that's why he's not consistently engaged physically on a night-in and night-out basis, that's a really bad or dangerous trait to have alongside Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, who are more offensively-minded stars, even though they did compete defensively at, at, for stretches in this series. And so I think you got to look at potentially moving DeAndre. And there's going to be somewhere out, someone out there that could use him, right? Like, I, I was just trying to come up with one random example. and This might be a bad example, but what if you call up the Hawks and you're like, hey, I want... Give me, you know, Clint Capella and Sadiq Bey for DeAndre Ayton. Maybe you can get the the Hawks to bite on something like that because they want a better offensive role man to run alongside um uh Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. But the idea is if you can flip Ayton, a legit NBA starter, into two legit NBA starters, and then you can either flip Chris Paul into one or two legit NBA starters. Or if you can't, you can waive him. And then if you can somehow, in the mid-level exception, veteran minimum market, get a legit NBA starter level player. If you can get three legit NBA level starters alongside Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, you have a real chance to win the championship next year. And so again, I, what I said before the playoffs was, I'm not judging the Suns until next year. I, I'm standing by that. Uh, don't get swept up in all the narrative-based stuff Uh, On TV tomorrow, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker were operating with significantly less talent. I picked the Nuggets in Seven sheerly out of respect for what Kevin Durant and Booker are capable of, and I'm glad I did because those two two guys put on straight-up heroic performances in Game 3 and Game 4 to extend this series to 6 the way they did. Uh, But they've got some work to do this summer to surround those guys with real athletes all right guys that is all i have for tonight we will be back tomorrow evening i have a a special i've already recorded a little game six preview on lakers warriors that'll be up in the morning and then tomorrow evening i will see you guys after a couple of couple more game sixes instead of the other way around. Approval isn't guaranteed, and some restrictions apply. See your local store for details.
1: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.